Hey now, we are getting over, and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times. Data with a special edition of your favorite professional wrestling podcast. That's right, Getting Over is back once again with a bonus show this week as your boy, the Silver King, got the opportunity to sit down one-on-two with the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. It was a tremendous conversation, if I do say so myself, and I do, and I cannot wait for you to hear it momentarily. With two episodes already in the can this week and two more still to come before the weekend is out, we're not going to waste any time off the top of this show. We want to get you right to the interview. So allow me quickly to remind you, as always, that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast it's all about defy. So please, folks, stop being marks for yourselves and go back to being a mark for me. Go back to being marks for the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, Vintage Chris Vanini, and the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Apple. Take a little extra time. Leave a five-star written review. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. Also, do not forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news, analysis, highlights, all of that good stuff. We will also have pre- and post-show polls posted for you this Sunday for NXT Great American Bash. And if you happen to miss it, we have the NXT Great American Bash Ultimate Preview episode published on Wednesday with an additional bonus interview in that show. The Silver King sat down with none other than former NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez. So be sure to listen to that show. Obviously, the WWE episode on Tuesday as well. Of course, we still have two more episodes coming up this week, but I would be remiss if I got out of this open without reminding you one more time that the Silver King happens to. I happen to love the number five. And I hope you do as well, because for five bucks a month, you can become an official getting overhead. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. You get bonus audio, news posts, and that $5 a month supports the continuation of this show. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. With the business out of the way, let's get to the party. Tez and Dawkins joined the show this week, courtesy of C4 Energy, which today, as we release this show, announced a new set of co-branded products with WWE, both pre-workout powders and energy drinks. The gimmick here, and I say that in a good way, is these special WWE branded items have new Supercharger Ultimate Heavyweight Formula Science that gives each superstar the mental focus and extra fuel they need to push through workouts and take care of business in and out of the ring. All of these flavors are exclusively available at GNC. The beverages are coming in Berry Powerbomb and Ruthless Raspberry flavors. The powders are Pomegranate Pile Driver, Nectarine Guava Knockout, and Bare Knuckle Blood Orange. The Blood Orange is definitely the one I would try first, and you will hear Tez running through all of those flavors again momentarily. But it was great to speak with the Prophets. We not only talk about C4, peanut butter and jelly, cheat meals, but we also dive into some big-time topics, including Dawkins' transformation both physically and inside the ring, Tez's singles run and elimination chamber, why that did not continue, the Prophets not really being utilized that much recently, and whether a character change is in store for them, plus much more. Okay, enough previewing it. I lied earlier when I said no more business. Let's get to the party. Now I mean it. No more business. Let's get to the party. 
as the street profits bring the swag like nobody can right here on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. Enjoy. Thrilled to welcome none other than the Street Profits, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins to the show for the first time. You can catch them weekly on SmackDown, airing Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And don't miss WWE SummerSlam coming up from Detroit, Saturday, August 5th, 8 p.m., live on Peacock here in the United States. Guys, great to have both of you here. I know you're on the road. You're doing your thing. Appreciate it greatly. You know, if there's one team in WWE that seems to have that naturally high level of energy and enthusiasm each night, it's you two. And I guess that probably makes you pretty good representatives for what's going on right now with the C4 Energy, the WWE collaboration, all these products available at GNC. You know, uh, you know, Dawkins, let's start with you. But of course, we'll go to Tess as well. Do you use some of these drinks or pre-workouts as you warm up before matches? Are they better for you when you're working out between shows? Or is that just something that's become part of your regular routine? Oh, absolutely. I drink those, man. I drink those before my matches. Drink those before I work out. You know what I'm saying? Drink those before I, you know what I'm saying, get in touch with my mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. What about you, Tess? All the time. Everybody always wonder what's in the cup. I think they already know. And I don't want to get too far ahead or take anything away from what you're about to say, but I feel like the fact that this C4 and WWE collaboration is happening is a long time waiting. And I would say it's probably the greatest pairing since peanut butter and jelly because I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard about all the new flavors, the powders, and all the new drink flavors and everything we got going. Have you heard these names? I haven't heard I haven't heard all of them yet. If you got a couple you want to throw it. Check this out. Check this out. This is why it's so good because it's got WWE theme names. Okay. Check this out, Adam. We got Barry Powerbomb. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That Ruth- means we're going to drop power bombs on you. Ruthless Raspberry. Okay, these are the new drink flavors, okay? Ruthless Raspberry and Berry Powerbomb. And, oh, if you don't like the drinks, they got the powder for you. Everybody like, you know, everybody got options. If you don't like the liquid, they like to mix it with their own, you know, water and essentials. So listen to this. Okay. Three new powder flavors, all right? All right. I'm a Grant Power Driver. Okay. Nectarine Guava Knockout, okay, and mm-hmm. Bare Knuckle Blood Orange. All right, so that last one speaks to me. That's mine, the last one for sure. That's yours. Yeah, has to be Blood Orange. Go for the Blood Orange, man. Exactly. <laughs> you get you some water, get you some of that powder, and you do this right here. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know it's one thing to promote combinations, but putting them up next to peanut butter and jelly—that's a high ceiling. All right, it is. They're going to have to live up to PB&J, which, you know, globally, definitely United States, you know, kids are eating that day on a daily basis here. Yeah. And now and now they have C4 because the great thing about C4, one thing I realized when I first you know got in contact with C4, because I've been dealing with it for ever since the military fleet days, Mm -hmm. is that it has a lot of zero sugar, no carbs. So a lot of people who want to deal with like either dieting or have other health complications or issues or where they can't have too much sugar or can't have enough carbs. Like this is like the perfect energy drink. It gives you zero sugar, zero carbs. And it also provides like that high octane global energy that mm-hmm. we bring it. So the reason why we in shape and bring energy is because C4. See, that's the secret. Now everybody wants to know the secret. The secret's out now, Adam. So now exclusively on your show, first time she probably was on there, the secret's out. Boom. Now we know. And look, you know, to want to talk about 
physical transformations, high energy, right? You guys are bringing that to the table. Tez, you with the high energy forever. Dawkins, man, let's talk about this. And I know you've been asked about it plenty, okay? This transformation that you've had, body, maybe mind and spirit as well, but you've trimmed down your performance, the spark that you're bringing these days, flying around, just a straight pouncing dudes like you did in that spot with Braun Strowman, which got a lot of hype for good reason. To me, you have become one of the best hot tags in the entire industry right now. Oh, what was it that flipped that switch in you more recently, let's say, that perhaps didn't during your extended like NXT run or even earlier once the profits came together? First off, it was because of C4. Let's get that out the way right now. You know what I'm saying? I started drinking C4. You know what I'm saying? I got my mind right mentally, telepathically, and physically. <laughs> and then secondly, man, I just I just started going out there and having fun. Uh, it was – it was uh, the crowd could tell that I wasn't like really – uh, I was kind of forcing it a little bit, and I wasn't really being myself. Even Taz and them could tell I wasn't really being myself. But then, like, I don't know, something just switched to where it was like, all right, yo, forget this. I'm about to go out here and start having fun and start clowning around, do what I normally do in the back, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way we are, the way y'all see us on TV is the way we are in real life, just putting 100 on 10. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's just going out there and having fun and now people can gravitate to it and people can tell I'm just out there clowning around and just showing that I bring a lot to the table, showing that we both bring a lot to the table and uh, the Street Profits are one of the best duos because of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's no question about that. Did you get any type of feeling where, I mean, look, fans talk, right? And you you guys are online, so you're, you're on social media, you know, and they're saying, Tez might do this, Tez might do that. And then Dawkins is over there, right? But now they're not doing that anymore. They're talking, hey, Tez might do this, Dawkins might do this. And not just together, which I think everyone loves you guys together, but eventually perhaps one day in, as a team. But what I'm curious about as well is when you guys got together in NXT. Now, it seemed like a natural pairing from the jump. I know you were boys outside the ring first and Triple H kind of brought you together and said, hey, let's team you up, see if that works out. But was there a certain point, a match or a time period while working together that you realized, hey, you know what? Like we actually have great chemistry in the ring. And this could work out, not just short-term in NXT, but long-term. Uh, I want to say, I don't want to speak for Taz on this one, but the, the match for me, like, we've always had great chemistry no matter what. But, like, the match when we finally stepped in front of a, a real big, big crowd, uh, 2019, I believe, it was TakeOver Phoenix. Mm -hmm. when we were uh, the pre-show, the pre-show, like, basically one of the NXT tapings before that uh before that pay-per-view and um it was us versus the forgotten sons and we went out there and just rocked it against uh wesley blake and steve cutler and well, that was when we just looked at each other and was like oh ho, ho, okay same now, now we now we there same moment for you tess um you know i i feel like it was the first parent like from then like because like Anytime you get a chance, and it's a rare occasion, anytime you get a chance to bring in like your real life persona to the ring, especially with someone that you're used to being around and you kick it with, it becomes very, it's, it's, it's easy. Like you said, it's natural. It's like, you know, having a conversation with one of your family members or your brother or sister or somebody you've been known for a long time. And then now the only difference is, is that there's a camera in front of your face and you have a task in hand to accomplish. So uh, I feel like for me, the moment was just us pairing, you know, each other up because once that happened, I was like, oh, it's, 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 it's about to take off now because that stuff's so natural. You know, uh, I think one of the easiest things here in our business to do is is to 
be able to work with people that you naturally click with, not just inside of the ring, but outside of the ring as well. So you guys were running pretty hot in NXT, and there was a time period where fans kind of started percolating like, hey, you know, main roster, Raw, SmackDown, let's get these guys up. But instead of that happening at that time, you actually went over to Evolve, became tag team champions over there. What were you guys told was the reason for that stint in Evolve? And like, was there something specific they wanted you to work on? And do you feel that that experience ultimately uh, paid off for you? Let's uh, start with Taz on this one. Um, it wasn't really a clear directive. It was just basically go out there and, you know, explore yourself, you know, find out more things you want to do, different character traits, see different sides of you and to have fun. And that's exactly what we did. I, I'm very appreciative of that time because uh, Evolve at the time was looked at as a independent circuit. Mm-hmm. And so my I've never been inside an independent circuit. I've watched wrestling my whole life, but I've never experienced independent circuit as a whole so not only just going there and doing that stint but it was kind of like a humbling process to show like the difference between evolve and wwe at the time and also it was a mission for us to uh bring that individual um platform to a higher standard to a bigger uh stage because they have individuals that was there at the time that he's now the united states champion Austin theory was there at the time and a couple other wwe superstars that are now with us uh, a couple of members from LWO was there. So it was kind of like a, you know, a bridging the gap uh, type uh, situation in which where we went over there, we found out about ourselves, but also we got to work with individuals who now in the future came here. So I think it was a great process. I think it worked out well for like everyone involved, not just us, but, you know, obviously Austin Theory now, he's doing these wonderful things at WrestleMania, he's United States champion now and a plethora of other WWE superstars. So I love the stint myself. Uh, I enjoyed it. A humbling process as well. And just gives you a bird's eye view of things outside of the WWE, how differently things are as well. Yeah, for sure. Dawkins, so I know you've mentioned recently that you got a chance as you were doing this transformation, body, mind, spirit, whole deal, uh, working with TJ, Tyson Kidd, and Natalia in their dungeon as part of you know, improving yourself, I guess, in the ring to some degree. What do you feel like you personally learned and accomplished by working with them that maybe you weren't getting earlier in your career or maybe didn't hit home earlier in your career? Uh, Man, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, Just more so like in-ring timing. Uh, Get like a little bit more of the technical side of things and also like just making sure your lungs is good because like going there, especially now, freaking it's like 100 degrees of florida in the warehouse it's about 120 so like just doing a lot of cardio but now it's just like just the little fine-tuning the little things and like the in-between things and stuff like that and making sure like you're on top of your on top of your game no matter what and just bringing other people up to your level and not going down to another person's level just continuing to bring up bring up bring the intensity and having the intensity it's also a big thing as well because, uh, man, like I owe, I owe a lot to them and a lot of the change doesn't happen like that unless I go there on my off days and stuff like that. And I owe the dungeon a lot and they help me out a lot. TJ and Addy are cool. Is that one of those things where you have to kind of be aggressive and go up to them and say, hey, I've, I've heard about this. I want to I want to work. I want you guys to help me. Or do they kind of reach out to some individuals where they say, hey, you know, we could take them and maybe mold them into something a little bit you know, stronger, a little bit more unique, a little bit more special. 
I think, uh, honestly, I just went up to them. Uh, one of my boys, Jason Cade, he uh, invited me there because he go he used to go there every week. Uh, so I ended up going. TJ and Natty welcomed me with open arms. It's usually more of a, like, people come up to them because, like, you, sometimes you can't go around be like, oh, I can mold them and all that stuff. Right. What makes it great is, like, people want to go get better on their own. So, like, people coming up to them and being like, hey, like, how do I improve this? I want to improve this. You care if I come through? Whatever. And they'll, they'll welcome you with open arms no matter what. But it's just one of those things that that want it. You know what I'm saying? You got to want it. You know what I'm saying? You got to love the business. Yeah. You got to LDB a little bit. And uh, and that's one of the things that that's awesome because you see people improving. Like Liv Morgan was another person that went there and improved big time you know what i'm saying i went there and improved big time like anybody you've pretty much seen on tv that has gone there or like even less doing anything on the out uh, on the indie scene is just improving that that they've had their hands on they mold people into being really good and tapping into that potential and just being able to express it yeah i, I was going to ask about Liv because she and you are the two that have it's been the most noticeable, and I think that we know about. I'm sure others have done it. Maybe they're not talking about it as much, but you and Liv, it's been apparent that you both took some time in the dungeon, came out, and were better for it. Now, talking about breaking out, Montez, you definitely have had some moments on your own, and this year's Elimination Chamber was one of them, no doubt about that. Now, I know you guys love teaming together, okay? But you got a huge reception coming out of that match individually. What was that experience like for you, and are you perhaps a little surprised it didn't immediately lead to more singles work? Uh, the reaction to me was, uh, it was great. I loved every moment of it. Um, but it also, for me, was motivating to, for me to know that I can do something like that in that environment, uh, solo wise, because, you know, Elimination Chamber is a very difficult match. There's five other superstars, uh, involved, very strenuous, a lot of things going on. So I was just happy that I was able to do something like that on my own. Uh, afterwards, uh, no, I wasn't upset that it didn't lead to immediate solo things because like, it's still things I'm trying to accomplish as a tag team. And, you know, even like the boss says, like, you know, good things come to those who wait. So it's not a rush for anything, but anything that's been placed in front of us or me, uh, it's just looked at as like a task to do your best. And, you know, coming out of that, you know, could have won the United States championship and then go on to win the undisputed tag team titles. You know, I can have two titles at the same time. So the, the possibilities are infinite, but uh, everything that happens here is always like a chance to show everyone what you can do and show another layer of who Montez Ford was. And I'm very fortunate that at Elimination Chambers, I was actually able to show people what they maybe knew, what they didn't knew, and maybe add on another layer as well. So very fortunate. That. Now, when it comes to tag teams in WWE, historically, there's just a trend, all right, that they always split, seem to split up at some point. And I am not being a wet driver here. Don't get me wrong. All right. Nothing, nothing like that. But I'm okay, trying to start a pot, Adam. What you doing? I already got, I, you know, New Day already came at me one time I asked a question like this. So I, I've known to, you know, step back a little bit, but they've done a great job. Speaking of New Day, like bucking the trend, showing that you can have single success. Kofi can go win the world title. Big E can go win the world title. Uh, Xavier can be king of the ring, for example. Uh, yet still be in a group, be in a team, have someone that has your back. Has there been times in the last couple of years where a breakup's been pitched to you guys that you've had to fight against like they did? Has there been any point where that's something that you thought was just about to happen? It seemed like it was getting teased a little bit ago. Either of you can kind of answer. I'm not sure who might uh, want to. 
I feel like for us, it's, it's never been anything that's been pitched or anything like that. But there are there were a couple of instances where we felt like they were teasing it a little bit. We have some backstage segments where, you know, oh, the draft will split you guys or MVP will come up and say, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be accepting that. So it's been instances where people have tried to come in and add their two cents and try to, you know, make it seem like it was going a certain way. But it never led that way. And, uh you know, very fortunate that it did it, but uh, you know how people are. They like to stir the pot at them, like you. you hey, know, this year. Just, I'm just asking the questions, guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to drive anyone. All right. Who, who sent you? Who sent you, Adam? Yeah. Who, who sent you these questions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, so you guys, I will, I will say though, like Adam, like it's, it's like you said, it is a trend, and it's like it's always one of the big arcs that happen. Like, oh, this could possibly happen to them. And it's, it's always a good, you know, storyline trait to add to the tag team. But there's also, like, those ones where, like, they're still very successful without any beef, you know? You know, if you look at, like, people, like, like rap groups back in the day, like, you know, they'll start off as a group and want to go solo, and then they'll come back and still do, like, a – you know, uh, a combined project, you know, you look at groups like Slum Village, Tribe Called Quest, you know, those guys were groups before. And then, you know, Q-Tip ventured off and did his solo stuff. And then they right. came back and still did things together as a unit. But it wasn't there wasn't any beef, you know. So. So you guys were running pretty hot coming out of Mania, obviously. And I think as of the last couple months, I guess from a viewership standpoint, if, if I'm watching on TV, things have maybe cooled down, haven't been on as much or as featured as much. And I know it goes through waves and everyone has to get used to that. There's a lot of teams in WWE, the Usos being a really good example that they eventually move off like the initial version of their gimmicks. They change things around a little bit, maybe get more aggressive or serious or perhaps have a different attitude entirely coming out. Is that something that you guys have considered? Is it just, Hey, we're, we're good things come to those who wait, like triple H kind of has been saying recently. What is your kind of mindset right now uh, in WWE? Uh, I feel like I mean I won't speak for the dogs on this, but I feel like uh, there there is a there is huge room for a more of a demeanor change because the things that happen to us the feeling is real. Like last year SummerSlam was pretty much official last time on a big stage to go for the tag team championships, and we did succeed. And that loss stung for very still to this day stings for a long time, and it's been almost a year at this point. So I feel like the more you get these opportunities and the more times that you don't succeed, the more the natural feeling of upset, uh, frustrated and all these things happen, which leads to a possible character change into like, well, whatever you're possibly doing is not working. So, you know, it's just one of those things where like, you know, if the revolving situation keeps happening, then the change must happen, you know? What do you think, Doc? Definitely. Um, I mean, look, man, I, <laughs> those losses play a lot in my head a bunch. And uh, it's it's getting it's getting frustrating a little bit because, like, you keep getting so close to something and it keeps slipping away. It's just like right there at your fingertips. And every time you tried to do it the right way, it's just not going your way. And it's just like, all right, now, look, I'm sick and tired of waiting. I'm sick and tired of having to go through all these hoops to get to where the goal is to be the champions and just going to have to start running through mugs in a minute. For real, for real. You know what I'm and saying? Start, start thinking, Adam, too, you look at guys like Roman and Theory, and it's like these guys aren't doing it the right way, but they've been successful for a very, very long time. So in the back of your mind, you go like, hmm, 
you know, it should I do the way that they're doing, or should I keep true to the prophets and the righteousness and the ability and everything that's been getting us here to this far? But granted, you reach a plateau of doing what you've been doing for a long time, and then things don't happen. So maybe a change has to happen. So not throwing anything out there for you to start a pot with, but uh, eventually frustrations do rise and changes need to happen. Well, since we started out on such a positive note, staying healthy, positive mindset, <laughs> and, now, and, now, and now we're talking about, hey, maybe there might be a little change in attitude. Let me get you both out of here on this question. It's for both of you. It's an off day in WWE. You're chilling at home. Maybe the C4 is taking a break just for one day. I know maybe six days a week, but on one day it's on the side there. You're at home, hotel, road, wherever. What's the cheat meal? Dawkins, let's start with you. Oh, cheat meal. Wow. Man, that's a tough question right there, you know. Uh, man, you know what? All right. First off, got to get a bag of gummy worms. That is the key to happiness. That's my dessert right there. Uh, second, spicy chickens from Wendy's. Three of them. Fresh off the fryer. A large fry and a large frosty. Holla at me. All right, Tess. Uh, this is very particular, but I would have a Snickers with some chocolate milk with a 12-inch pizza with a Dr. Pepper and the Alice Springs chicken dish from Outback Steakhouse. All right. Now that's, in, that's one city. I'm finishing that one city. That's, that's impressive. That's, one city. We might have to make that happen one day next time you're both on the road if I can ever get to see you guys in person. Look, it was awesome having the Street Profits here. Appreciate you guys joining us. Don't miss them. Smackdowns on Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox and also WWE SummerSlam from Detroit, Saturday, August 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern. And obviously, you have to check out that C4 WWE collab at your local GNC. Dawkins, Tez, appreciate you guys. And yeah, we're raising the cup for you for sure. Thanks, boss. Thanks for having us. Man, let me tell you, we have done a lot of wrestler interviews on this podcast and other shows that I've been on previously. I'm not sure I've ever been as energized and enthusiastic coming out of a conversation as I was after speaking with these two guys. You can tell they're just genuine dudes. They really care about being a positive influence and bringing a lot of excitement to whatever they do. I mean, it's one thing to do it in the ring. It's another to do it cutting a promo or being out at a special event. You know, they were sitting in hotel rooms. I'm sitting here in my home office and I wanted to kind of run through a brick wall after this thing was done. I'm just being honest with you. Much of what we discussed was obviously interesting, but perhaps nothing more so than that penultimate question I asked, which was before this Bobby Lashley segment with them happened on SmackDown two weeks ago. You know, sometimes wrestlers will kayfabe you a little bit when answering a direct question about gimmicks or storyline. And Tez definitely threw a little bit of that in there, talking about Roman Reigns and Austin Theory. But outside of that five seconds, it was clear that there is some legitimate frustration that they really have not been featured strongly for the better part of a year overall, but especially the last five months coming out of Elimination Chamber with... Tez having that singles moment. Yeah, they had that, I think what was it called, a WrestleMania showcase match, and they looked great during that match, and the match was fun. But 
when's the last time you thought of the Street Profits besides that? And even that was thrown together to get people on a show that we were saying, hey, man, like, where are the profits? Why aren't they on the show? Well, they got on with that and they were one of the most entertaining things on the entire program. And look, you can't blame them for potentially being frustrated. They're one of the top three or four teams in WWE, yet they've kind of been relegated to occasional matches, not even being on TV most weeks. And I don't think it's purposeful. I don't think it speaks to WWE's belief in them long-term or anything. Obviously, they believe in them. They're fantastic. It's just the way things have cycled recently, they haven't really been involved in the tag team title picture. There's only one set of titles because they're still undisputed with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn holding both of them. And on top of that, some of the other tag team storylines that have been developed simply haven't involved them. They've just involved different teams. It's it's one of those cycles that happens to superstars occasionally here and there. What's happening now with Lashley, that's obviously intriguing. And hopefully we get more of that this coming Friday. But nevertheless, it was great to hear their honest takes on their lot as a team over the last five months or so, because I think everyone listening, everyone who's a fan of them wants more. It was also great to hear Dawkins talk about working in the Orlando dungeon, which is like what I call it. They still just call it the dungeon. It's not. The dungeon's in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. But, uh, you know, TJ, Tyson Kidd, and Natalia, they have their dungeon in Orlando. They work with a lot of superstars and other independent wrestlers. Uh, Liv Morgan, one of the reasons she's improved so much in the squared circle is because of her work with Natty and TJ. And Dawkins got that opportunity as well. And in addition to him working on his you know, physique, ensuring that he can go faster and have more endurance and be stronger as well. I think he gained some muscle mass too. In addition to him making that physical transformation, he spent more time working on his in-ring. And it's just so obvious. If you watch a Street Profits match now compared to a year ago, but better yet, like two and a half years ago. And Ford, he's gotten bigger and stronger and he's still fantastic. But the difference in them as a team is Dawkins. He's the one who really stepped up his game. And you just got to give the guy credit for putting that much work and effort and care into being the best he possibly can be in the ring. And that's what he's achieving right now, which, by the way, is one of those reasons why it's so sour for me that they're not getting the spotlight as much. I do think that's about to change. I have a feeling coming out of SummerSlam, we're going to be getting a lot of the street profits. And that, of course, is a hugely positive thing. So I appreciate Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins for spending, you know, 20 plus minutes with the Silver King breaking down all that stuff. I appreciate WWE and C4 Energy making them available so we could interview them. Obviously, we love having these conversations, love bringing them to you. And the types of responses we get when we do interviews certainly makes your boy, the Silver King, feel very good. I hope we get to bring you more in the future and not just the extremely strong level that the ones we're already bringing you are, but perhaps prominent and even more prominent as the future unfolds. So I appreciate all of you listening to this episode of the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. Just to remind what our schedule looks like, on Tuesday, we gave you our latest WWE episode. A lot of talk about Judgment Day on that show, especially Rhea Ripley, but also the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso in the Tribal Combat match, and of course, LA Knight, along with everything else that happened across SmackDown and Raw this week in WWE. Our Wednesday episode covered NXT. We gave you an NXT Great American Bash Ultimate Preview. We talked about everything that happened on Tuesday's show. And Adam, 
your boy, the Silver King, me, why I'm talking in the third person this much, I have no idea. I sat down one-on-one with Roxanne Perez for an extensive interview with her. You do not want to miss that either. Of course, you have this interview show early Thursday. Later Thursday, we'll have your full AEW episode. And then Sunday, as soon as NXT Great American Bash goes off the air, we will have your NXT Great American Bash instant reaction show next Tuesday, back with your WWE SummerSlam Ultimate Preview. That will be, folks, six episodes in an eight-day period, and that's just what we do here on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast when appropriate. We bring you as much performance-enhancing audio as we possibly can. And if you want to thank us for that, let me tell you what you can do. You can remember that this show is all about And visit Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings on Apple. Leave a five-star written review for us. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news, analysis, highlights, all of that good stuff. You can vote in our NXT polls before and after Great American Bash on Sunday. Please also remember, I happen to love the number... Five. And I would love for you to become an official Getting Overhead. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. Five bucks a month. You support the show. You get bonus audio, news posts, and much more. Thanks to everyone listening for joining us on this special edition of the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. Way more shows still left for you this week. So at this point, the Silver King is going to sign off and leave you with just three final words. Bye for now.